are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Open your Bibles, please, if you would, to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. Years ago, I used to have a sermon I'd preach on this subject. I haven't preached it in years. In fact, I don't even know if I have a copy or an outline of it left. So I'm going to use the same, same scripture and text and title tonight of a sermon I preached. In fact, it's in print. Though I do not remember exactly what the sermon was about that I preached. Hebrews chapter 11, and I'm going to read for you or with you uh, verse 24 through 27. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 through 27. You'll follow silently as I read aloud, please. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. I like that. The reproach of Christ. Didn't say the joy of Christ, said the reproach of Christ. Didn't say... Uh, revival meetings, more wonderful than all the treasures of Egypt, said when you get your head chopped off, it's more wonderful. The reproach of Christ is greater than all the treasures of Egypt. For he had a report under the recompense, or respect under the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now I want you to notice verse 33, please. Verse 33. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in fight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection." And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings. Yea, moreover, of bonds and imprisonments. They were stoned. They were sown asunder. Were tempted. Were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. God's people aren't like today like they used to be, are they? A lot of changes of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts, in mountains, and in dens, and caves of the earth. And they, these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. I want to talk to you for a while on the subject, though it's not the sermon that I've preached used to around the country some, seeing him who is invisible. Our Heavenly Father, tis responsibility far too great for flesh, to stand before a crowd of this size with the Bible open. I've done it. At least I've preached now over 21,000 sermons in these years. But Lord, it seems like the older I get, the heavier the responsibility I feel. It seems like the longer I preach, the more important preaching seems to become. And it seems like the longer I preach, the more I feel like I need you. Now, Lord, I've always needed you. But it seems like more today and now than in those early years. 
It seemed like I feel a greater need tonight than I felt 18, 19, 20 years ago when I was here in this city. Now, Lord, we don't have any time to waste. We only have one life to live, and we only live this night one time in our lives. I pray you'd help me to be what these people need. And I pray you'd give each of us tonight a holy diligence to give our best to God. So little time. Speak to our hearts in power. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> I picked up my newspaper <coughs> this morning and read, as you read, the horrible news that our Supreme Court that sometimes seems to be demented had passed a ruling or handed down a ruling that our girls in America now are allowed to have abortions without even their parents approving it. Do you know it's, it's, it's legal now in the United States of America for a girl to get pregnant and keep it a secret from mom and dad and have an abortion. I mean, it's hard to believe this is America. Honestly, I drove up and down the streets of this town a while ago. And I said to myself, is this my hometown? I couldn't believe it. It's just, it just seems like anymore, it's hard to believe <clears throat> that, that the country that we live in is really America after all. A church in Tennessee recently was burned. They rebuilt. Their building was burned again. A pastor's wife in North Carolina, whose son had a paper out. The son was attacked, molested by some black people. And they could have been brown or white, but it so happened they're black. And that, <clears throat> that son <clears throat> came home and told his mother. The law would not do much about it. And that mother followed that little boy, been molested with these older black people. And took a gun with her to, to watch over, save his life. And in protecting her own son's life, she shot and killed a black person. Now she's in, the, in, in jail. They won't even let her out on bond. Nothing more than defending the life of her own son. It just seems like that, that everything's made to make it convenient these days for the crook and not the law-abiding citizen. In Corpus Christi, Texas, our beloved Brother Roloff just got out of jail, as you know. It's hard to believe that he could be in jail for doing the same thing he's been doing all these years. In Oak Forest, Illinois, they decided to build a bus barn for their buses. Some enemies said, we'll burn the bus barn and burn the buses. And buses were absolutely burned, totally destroyed. In Greenville, South Carolina, the Bob Jones University has lost its tax-exempt status. In Dyer, Indiana, right near where I pastor, a fine church seeking to buy property 
purchased a nice, beautiful piece of property, much like you have here. And it had been for, for bad with the city fathers. A permit to even build a building. To build a church. To propagate the gospel. In Chicago, Illinois, there sits a little mother tonight who attends the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana. One of our ladies. Her arms are empty tonight because her little baby, her little girl, about three years of age, has been taken from mother's knees. For what crime? <clears throat> the mother heeded the admonition of the Bible and with her hand spanked the bottom of her daughter. And the welfare department, <clears throat> the H-E-W, and by the way, it's none of their business about our kids. But the H-E-W has come in and taken that baby from the lap of its mother. And for three months, that little mother has not gotten to have her own little child. She didn't beat her with a stick. She didn't even hit her with a paddle. She spanked her with her hand. That little mother cries herself to sleep every night, wondering when and if she'll get her baby back again. In Denver, Colorado, Dr. Ed Nelson tonight is wearing a bulletproof vest everywhere he goes. Would you believe that that could happen in America? I mean, would you believe that a preacher who's trying to give his life for others and for the souls of men would in our nation have to protect himself from being murdered and assassinated on the streets of his own town and standing behind his own pulpit? In Vestal, New York, a pastor preached a series of Bible messages on the devil. <clears throat> Satan's, worship, Satan's worshipers came and kidnapped that pastor. Took him away, <clears throat> completely computerized his mind, and made him, in his own mind, a different person. Took him to Minneapolis, Minnesota. He didn't even know who he was. Changed his name. He got a job. Did not know his name. Did not know where he was from. Was completely changed. By the devil's worshipers. Left his church. Kidnapped his church, his wife, his children. In Chesterton, Indiana. One of my neighboring pastors, a godly man. Roger Votlin. Not long ago. Stood trial. All because. He spanked a child. In the school system. Hammond, Indiana, <clears throat> the First Baptist Church, two weeks ago last Sunday night, <clears throat> a man sitting on the sixth row from the front was arrested, taken to the police station. He was sitting six rows from me with a loaded pistol under his belt. In Sherryville, Indiana, a school bus from our Hammond Baptist High School, owned and operated by the First Baptist Church of Hammond, a school bus of children from our school. Taking the children home one afternoon, suddenly 
Some long-haired freaks came up behind the bus and started shooting out the windows of the school bus of Hammond Baptist High School. A young man walked, got walking guard at Hiles Anderson College, owned and operated by First Baptist Church of Hammond. Young man walking guard, one of our students, was attacked by some young hoodlums who tried, who burned a bridge over a little body of water we have there. They burned a bridge, and, and this fellow went down and tried to apprehend them as a guard. They kidnapped him, took him out in the woods, field, on a rainy morning during the night, two or three o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> killed him, they thought, left him unconscious. The rain woke, woke him up the next morning, didn't know where he was. The pastor of the First Baptist Church of Hammond, Indiana, your speaker, cannot tonight walk to his pulpit anymore without an armed guard. I can't walk from my study to my pulpit without having somebody, an armed guard, accompany me. When I leave <coughs> to my pulpit on Sunday morning to go back to my study, I have to have an armed guard walk from my pulpit down the hall of my church to my study. When I finish preaching on Sunday, I go back to my study. I have a line of people, usually 25 to 50 people, lined up to see me. No longer can I see those people without having them screened before they come into my study. Last Monday, Hammond, Indiana, at our bus office, a call came to Dr. Jim Vineyard. He answered the phone, and the male voice said, Hiles and you will die next Sunday, and hung up. On a radio station in Hammond, Indiana, this week, <clears throat> there was an interruption, and a voice came on. A citizens band radio <coughs> said, Dr. Jack Hiles and Dr. Jack Van Impey will die next Sunday. Dr. Al Janney, who was, spoke here last night, saw a list of names of the ten most wanted people with the communists in America. Two preachers on that list, Dr. Jack Van Impey and Dr. Jack Hiles. It's hard to believe it's America, isn't it? It's hard to believe it. <clears throat> it's hard to believe that that land settled 200 years ago or founded and settled about 400 years ago by those little citizens who came seeking for freedom. It's hard to believe. This is the still, still the same place where you and I grew up. I'm sure you're aware of the fact that their plans this Sunday for a wholesale attack on America with the revolutionaries. The Communist Party has printed a brochure to pass that all over Hammond, asking the people, <coughs> the people of Chicago area to go to Philadelphia where they're having a giant demonstration and rally Sunday and right across the street from Independence Hall, they're going to raise the Communist flag. And their planned bombings, riots, 
murders, assassinations all over this land for day after tomorrow in the United States of America. Suddenly, we're not living anymore in the 20th century. We're at the stake with Huss and Savonarola. We're on Patmos with John. We see new images on the plain of Dura and hear the crackling of the flames for the modern Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednegoes. Ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> no longer, no longer do we have to talk about the days of persecution in the past. I mean, they're here. We're, I mean, brother, <clears throat> we stand at the threshold tonight of Gary Coleman's blood being shed and Jack Howell's blood being shed and, uh, and, and Dr. Pennell's blood being shed and Lee Robertson's blood being shed and John Rice's blood being shed and every fundamental church builder in America no longer can walk the streets of his own city without his life being in jeopardy. You wait and see. It may be this Sunday, it may not, but you wait and see, brother or sister. It's coming real quick like. And soon, <clears throat> you'll hear an announcement on the radio. It may be next week. It may be next month. It may be next year. But it won't be long. So you'll start hearing the announcement that some well-known preacher, fundamentalist, rock rib, church building, hellfire and brimstone preacher, was murdered, shot down in cold blood. And you wait. I, I, I live in Chicago area. I know what I'm talking about. I know something about, listen, at least one time every three weeks my life is threatened. A phone call, a letter of some kind saying we'll get you as you go to church. We'll shoot you from the balcony. I know what I'm talking about. We are just that far. Living. Bible days. We don't <coughs> seem to be in America anymore. We hear the roar. Of lions encouraging us not to pray at the open window. We stand before a Cuban firing squad in America tonight. We face a Russian prison and hear the sharpening of Chinese-like swords. When we see platters anymore, we need not think of reading them in you. We best think of being a part of the menu. Fox's Book of Martyrs seems to have been an incomplete manuscript all of a sudden. Another chapter <coughs> can soon be added to Fox's Book of Martyrs. Names like Van Impey, Coleman, Hiles, Pennell, Robertson, Malone. Hudson, names like that could well be in the next chapter of the Fox's Book of Martyrs. America's going to hell tonight, and you won't even come to church on Wednesday night. America's going to hell tonight, and you won't even give God 10% of your income. America's going to hell tonight, and some of you long-haired, shaggy-haired preachers and youth directors and deacons, you look just exactly like a crowd that's after us. What's wrong?
What's wrong with God's people in America? We have less devotion to this book, God's Eternal Word, than the communist crowd does to their rot and their filth. And by the way, don't you feel sorry for me for being on the top ten of the most wanted people in America. I don't want that dirty crowd to like me. I want them to hate me. Now I want them to think I'm big enough enemy where they ought to want to get, want to get me. I don't want to be loved for that bunch of God-rejecting, Bible-hating, Christ-cursing crowd of people trying to destroy everything that's decent and right in America. Suddenly, <coughs> it's for real. It's no longer a game. And our battles against each other seem so silly and so trifling. Catacombs and Mamertine prisons seem more imminent tonight than Holiday Inns. We face the same enemy who made Wormbrand, <coughs> Richard Wormbrand, same communist enemy. And brother, communism is communism, whether it's in China or Vietnam or Russia or Chicago or Dallas. And the same bloodthirsty sword that has pierced the hearts and breasts of our brothers and sisters in Christ. All the, and you're right, my brother. You're right. You're 10,000 times right. We've mollycoddled and compromised and detonted with the communists and the dirty murderers long enough. I mean, they're here now, and now they're the swords. They've been through the breast of Koreans and Vietnamese and Cambodians and Chinese and Russians. Now those same swords have been sharpened and polished to pierce your breast and to pierce mine. Richard Wormbrand was in the prison for years, 14 I think, for years in Russia. His preaching, as his preaching, all of a sudden he'd go, he'd preach a while further. They came to our church in Hammond. All of a sudden he'd go, he'd preach a while longer and suddenly he'd be like that. Somebody asked him, Mr. Wormbrand said, what is it that makes you all of a sudden while you're preaching grimace like that? Mr. Wormbrand looked and with tears in his eyes, he said, I was remembering my prison days in Russia. I was recalling how they said, you're a Christian, aren't you? You're a Christian, aren't you? He said, yes, I am. I believe in Jesus Christ as my Savior. And they said, well, don't you take communion? And they said, yes. And they took his own urine and put it in a glass and made him drink it. Said, there's your communion. That's the kind of crowd we're having to taunt with. That's the crowd of people that Nixon and, uh, and, and Ford have been, have been whining and dining around the world. That's the kind of people. And then they took, they took his own dung and said take eat and they put his own dung in his mouth and made him chew it and swallow it and said that's communion and he said time and time again lying there in the dungeon of prison in the crowd we did taunt Oh, there's nothing made me so mad in my lifetime as when I turned on my television set one night and saw that dirty Brezhnev on nationwide television. I'd just as soon see John Dillinger and the Ministerial Association. I mean, his blood is 
dripping tonight with the blood, his sword, with the blood. My brothers and my sisters in Christ. Mr. Wormbrand said they make him, made him take communion. Drinking his own urine, eating his own tongue over and over and over again. We no longer face the barbs of a shimmy but the guillotines of a Nero. Rather be <coughs> dead than red is no longer a cute slogan for a preacher to glibly quote in the sermon. It's a possibility for next week. Give me liberty, <clears throat> give me death is no longer a high school declamation speech, but a definite possibility for you and for me. You don't believe it, most of you. You sit down here in good old Big D, Garland, is Garland still dry? Down here in Garland, Texas, <clears throat> all these good fundamental churches. Sit down here in this area, you don't realize exactly what's going on. I can't even drive a car in my own city anymore. When I go to my church in the morning to work, an armed guard has to come and get me and drive me to my own church. You sit home, watch that dirty box all the time, never win a soul to Christ. You call yourself a fundamental Christian. And you, you even say amen when somebody sings, God bless America. And yet, you keep your dirty hands on God's money and rob from God and don't go to church on Sunday night or Wednesday night and don't even spend 10 minutes a week in this book or 10 minutes a week on your face as the preacher said a while ago before God in prayer while your country's perishing. You just don't know how close you are not being able to have a copy of this book. You walk in any factory you want to in Hammond, Indiana, or East Chicago, Indiana, any steel mill or, or, or automobile plant, walk up there. And you will have communist people, avowed communists, wearing the hammer and sickle, passing out their dirty garbage, saying, away with America's way of life. My pulpit. Where I preach is bulletproof. Brother, practice is over. The game is beginning. <clears throat> Basic training is over. Combat duty is here. Study hall is ended. We now face the final examination. The stones of Lystra are being gathered. The stones of Stephen's gate are being gathered tonight for your destruction and for mine. Now, that's why we have a legal aid organization. That's why some of us go up and down this country trying to grab pulpits all across America and shake up good and hard and wake up.
are lethargic people that absolutely all they do is believe the old book. Bless God, I believe every word of it. All that kind of half in, half out, half on, half off, half hot, half cold, pussyfooting kind of Christianity that doesn't carry a burden and never cries yourself to sleep at night never weeps over the erring one or lifts up the fallen and tells them of Jesus the mighty to save and doesn't pour itself out in this book and doesn't pour its heart out on its face before God. That kind of Christianity, it'll destroy this country. We're going to have to get a generation, a new generation of God's people that love the truth as much as the dirty rock communist crowd loves era. I, 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 I just think we ought to march on Washington. <clears throat> I mean, I, I think we ought to get about a half million people and just march up there. Take over that place where those hippie crowd took over. Sleep in tents if we have to. It's time we got heard. It's time we lived like Christians. Acted like it. Drank like it. Wore our hair like it. Dressed like it. Smelled like it. Time we give everything to God. White Moody was preaching a revival campaign or other in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The disgusting revival campaign. Who do have for it years ago? One preacher got up and said, I suggest we have Dwight Moody to preach. And one man, preacher, jumped up and said, Well, do you think Dwight Moody has a monopoly on God? The old preacher looked out and said, No, Dwight Moody does not have a monopoly on God, but God has a monopoly on Dwight Moody. We need some Christians for whom God has a monopoly. Now, the inevitable question comes, How can we endure it? Folks, I mean this. I don't think we're far away from meeting in caves. I don't think we're, and I'm not, I'm not trying to alarm you. I mean, I've, I've been down here time and time again, and I've told you a bunch of funny stories. And I'm not going to tell you tonight. Brother, there's not, not much funny going on tonight. I mean, I've been down here, and I've told you a bunch of funny stories and preached on soul winning. But, brother, tonight we stand in America just about to lose our right to go soul winning. In Whiting, Indiana, right next door to him, city council passed a resolution and said, no longer can anybody knock on a door without a permit from the mayor's office. We sent our folks right back in the same place knocking on doors. Mayor of Whiting wrote me a letter and said, dear Reverend Hiles, he said, we have met and decided that in a few cases we will give you a few permits for a few of your people to visit a few folks in Whiting. I wrote back and I said, I've done got a permit to visit in Whiting. He wrote back and he said, what? And I said, the word of God tells me I've got to go. He wrote back and said, if anybody comes to Whiting, uh, <clears throat> they're put in jail. I said, you better enlarge your jail, buddy. We've got 2,000 folks coming. Amen. If somebody tonight, <clears throat> if somebody tonight were to say to you that no longer is it, is it, is it legal to have a public invitation in the United States, you would rise up and say, oh, what do you mean? A public invitation, we have a right to have one. I know it. As far as most of you are concerned, would be a need for it on Sundays. You never have anybody down the aisle. Somebody got up and said, <clears throat> and said, no longer can you baptize by immersion. No longer can you baptize. By, and that at one time was a law in some states in this union. Somebody got up and said, you can't do it. You would say, what do you mean? We have our rights. 
But as far as 95% of the folks in this room are concerned tonight, you may as well not have a baptistry in this church, anybody else's church. You just don't much care about God. You don't care much about this book. You love, you love your dirty man. Listen, the average lady in this room spends more time watching those dirty, filthy, sex-oriented cereals in the afternoon. I mean, I mean, a secret storm and silent tornado and quiet hurricane and all that kind of garbage. The average woman, isn't it? And you, listen, you ladies ought to be on your face repenting instead of snickering and laughing about it. The average woman in this room, you spend ten times as much time every week watching that kind of garbage. Triangular romances, filth, illegitimate babies, unwed mothers, and all the rest of it. While your word of God gathers dust on the mantle, and your knees never spend ten minutes a day on, the, on, on before God, and you call yourself fundamentalist. Listen, Garland, Texas needs an old-fashioned baptism of R-E-P-E-N-T-A-N-C-E where God's people get back to where Jesus Christ means everything to them. We need an old-fashioned uh, uh, transfusion of saying, All to Jesus I surrender. All to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily live. I surrender all and nothing else is pleasing to God. Oh, but you say, I belong to the Levon Drive Baptist Church. Well, bully for you. God's not going to ask you that when you stand before him. Oh, but you say, I'm a fundamentalist and I carry a Schofield Bible. You're a dirty, backslidden, fundamentalist, Schofield Bible carrier, unless you've given everything you have to God. <clears throat> Some of you teenagers tonight. Some of you adults, for that matter. You look like a dirty, hippie crowd trying to destroy everything. You've copied their hairstyles. You've copied their dresses. I walked in the in building while I go to, while I go. I walked in the building. I saw more flesh walking down that aisle over there than used to see in a burlesque theater. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. If you're going to be addressed like a harlot, put your sign up. If you're not, put your dress down. I'm tired of coming where I preached my soul out for almost seven years, seeing people. To whom I labor, with whom I labor, to whom I preach, and whom I love, living like the heathen world. I was in Garland a year ago. <clears throat> Saw one of our ladies. Used to go to Miller Road. She met me face to face. Had a, had a midriff on. And I looked at her and I said, I haven't seen as much of you before as I have today. What in the name of common sense should a Christian woman ought to be doing showing her navel to everybody in public? It's been 17 years since I walked out of this town, but I believe the things I believe the last time I walked out of this town. And brother, America's going to hell tonight because of you half-Christians. You young, you young boys, you don't want the world to think you're a fundamentalist. You want to cover your hair, your ears about like that. So the world won't think you're too nutty. Well, why don't you just get nutty for a while? Get in or get out. Get on or get off. Get hot or get cold. Get with it or get without it. Put your sign up or take it down. You're going to belong to Jesus. Look like it. Talk like it. Sing like it. Read like it. Dress like it. I like to get in some of the closets of ladies, <coughs> pardon me, females whom I used to pastor. I'd like to get in your closets and take all those britches you got and tear them to shreds and burn them. I'm so sick and tired of this, of, of God's fundamental blood-washed, born-again people 
a falling hook, line, and sinker to the unisex movement, I don't know what to do. But you said this is a different age. Right has not changed. Wrong has not changed. Black is still black. White is still white. And what was wrong 25 years ago is wrong tonight. What can we do? <clears throat> How can we take it? Well, we look in the Bible. How'd Moses take it? How'd Moses take it when he faced the rebellion of Korah? How'd Moses take it when he and Aaron stood before the squad of, of the, the people of, of Israel, marching on them like a great fire going across an arid land? How did Moses take it? The fiery serpents. How did Moses take it when he was standing before Pharaoh? How did Moses take it when he faced the Red Sea on one side, the armies of Egypt on the other side? How did he take it? Moses tells us how he took it. Moses said the only way I could take it was I endured because I've seen him who is invisible. I'm convinced tonight the average Christian doesn't even know God. Oh, you're saved, but you don't know it. Let me tell you something, brother. <clears throat> you're not going to make it in the 1980s and probably in the late 1970s unless you get to know God, unless you see Him who is invisible. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knvbc.com for Christian music you can trust. <laughs>